This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for Wednesday, April 21st. Uh, There's going to be a little bit of a different intro today. It's just going to be me for the first couple minutes. And the reason for that is technical difficulties. Yes, that'll happen sometimes when you're recording a podcast. Uh, Alex and I were recording last night. Uh, We started, we decided to record a little bit early as we do sometimes. You know, Alex had some stuff, I had some stuff. So we wanted to record early so we started recording after the uh, pelicans nets game ended during the two late games so we reacted a little bit to those games as they were going on very little very little Uh, we mostly talked about the other three games we talked about anthony edwards having another uh incredible interview more quotes the most quotable player in the nba at this point uh we talked about james harden's injury setback Kawhi leonard's injury um, and we talked about an insane 24 hours in Lakers Twitter that we talked about at the end of the show that you have to stick around to listen to if you haven't heard about it yet, because it is one of the craziest situations I've ever heard of on Twitter. Although I guess there's a lot of crazy situations and this probably happens regularly, but for me, it was nuts. Uh, although somehow the first 10 minutes of us just talking at the beginning of the show didn't record or something happened in the recording. So, uh, <laughs> so as I was getting ready to edit and post this, I realized I don't have an intro and Alex is gone. He's off the zoom. He might be sleeping by now. So I'm um, here's a little intro for you guys. We appreciate all of you listening every day. And uh, this episode, as after I finished this, this intro for you, we'll pick up uh, right as we were, getting ready to talk about the Pelicans-Nets game. Right after it finished, uh, it picks up as the TNT broadcast was basically going off the air. So enjoy, and uh, see you guys on Thursday. The game that just ended, the, the, the national TV game, was Nets-Pelicans. Uh, the Nets beat the Pelicans 134-129. Um, no KD, no Harden again. And the news came out right earlier today that Harden is now out indefinitely, right? Yep. I heard Steve went? Nash said he's back to square one or something to that effect. Yeah, he that, said that's he, not he said, good. He said he could be back for the playoffs. He could be back earlier. Like there was no timetable. Hmm. And they've been pretty much harping all the media all day has been harping. This te- these, these three guys have played seven games together. Yep. You lose Lamarcus Aldridge, which you barely had him. You've only had seven games together now Harden. And I'm concerned about, I would, you know, we talked about who's more concerning like KD because of his injury, but I am pretty concerned about Harden because this is the longest he's ever missed in his career by far. I think the second longest amount of games was like seven games. And it's not like he's had a couple different things pop up. It's the same. It's he tried to come back. He left in like four minutes in for this hamstring. We know hamstrings are tricky to begin with. And now he aggravates. I think the word aggravate was used, but something yeah, along the lines of this it. hamstring injury is setting him back again. So, I mean, I mean, if, <laughs> if you're a football fan or, I mean, you, hamstrings, they, 
they take forever to get right. That's why I was so confused when he was brought back and, and re-aggravated. I mean, maybe he truly was feeling a hundred percent, but I hope they didn't, or he didn't push himself back um, and put himself in a really bad spot here. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, they still win. And uh, you know, look, is this a product of them playing well? Maybe, but I would argue having watched this game and now I'm just over the Pelicans. There's no excuse for how bad they are defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Like they're, they're healthy. There's they had their full starting lineup tonight. You know, everyone that is going to play for that team played in this game against a team missing their two best players. And they gave up 134 points in overtime in overtime, but still. No, it wasn't overtime, was it? No, it was, it was right. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you sure? Uh, on on ESPN, it has it as just four quarters. Oh, that's weird. ENT. Oh, okay. Never mind. NBA.com has like a weird thing where it says the network and then it says OT next to it. So I thought it. Oh. I was watching the game. I was like, I didn't think it went to overtime. Yeah. That's weird. That's even worse, though. <laughs> 130. They give up 134. Right. I know. In regulation. Yeah. I mean, the Nets scored 41 points in the fourth quarter. And it's just like, you know, again, we keep, I don't want to like keep crushing Zion because he is playing great, but they're not winning games. So like what, like everyone that's so enthralled with what he's doing offensively, it is unbelievably impressive. 14 or 19 from the field, 33 points, but gave up 134 points. He had seven rebounds. I mean, this team got, they got out-rebounded 50 to 45 by the Nets, whose whole entire thing is that they are small and are a bad matchup for teams with big lineups. But yet Steven Adams and the most athletic player on the planet, who's supposed to be an otherworldly player, which I obviously when it comes to scoring at the rim, he is. But other than that, this whole thing, this whole like we're trying to make him into a point guard and make him more comfortable being a point guard thing. That's not the way. Like what, why what are you just going to like reinvent basketball? Zion's a point guard. Come on. This it's absurd, man. It, this team, there's, there's fundamental issues right now. It, I don't know if it's the roster or the coaching. I was going to say, I don't think we've been hard enough on Stan Van Gundy and I'm not excusing Zion Williamson. I mean, there's just no way like, if you if this if he really wants to truly be a superstar in this league, this has to change next year immediately. You know, like mm-hmm. he can't be the best player on a team with the worst defense we've ever seen. But Stan Van Gundy, like, he's not doing anything different, right? Like, you can't just continue to be this dog shit and just do the same thing over and over again. It is the Nets, like I get that, but mm-hmm. I just well, it doesn't know. That's not an excuse. It's the Nets without Kevin Durant and James. True. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's Kyrie Irving and some some good role players but yeah i mean they, yeah. I, they're not gonna have a long leash next year stan van gundy certainly isn't and i bet i mean they, they should i had them pegged as a playoff team for sure going into the season um yeah well now they're steven they're adams now, deserves a lot of blame i think he's been pretty bad they're four games out of the plan now so I, I think they're pretty much done dude there's no yeah. way they're i don't think they're gaining the way they play defense they're not going to gain four games on the spurs Right. They're so, not going to, they're not going to win games against teams trying to make the playoffs because those teams play defense, you know? And, and then they, for the, and then for the, what the second year in a row, the, the creation of the league to have Zion in the playoffs, <laughs> he will not be in the playoffs because they didn't make it. Classic. in the play. No, They didn't it, make it. They created the play in last year. So Zion would play and he, they did not accounting it. for the eight, no sons. Right. Didn't they get to the play in or no? Yeah, that, yeah, they were, they were the, and then this year it's going to happen again. This was a, this is the Zion. It should be called the Zion invitational. The, the Zion, the Zion. This is called the Zion. He's now he's with Jordan. These Jordan commercials all like all night. Look, I like Zion Williamson, but you're right. The defense is a huge. I know, but I, I know that, but again, and I, I'm, I'm not saying, I know he's a very good player. I know he's an all-star. I know he's probably going to be an all NBA player, 
But I do, but I, again, I think there's so many situations like this where if any other, there's so many other players that if they were scoring 30 and losing four in a row, they would get absolutely destroyed. They would. They wouldn't be like, well, he doesn't pass it enough or he can't stretch the floor or they have the worst defense in the NBA. But no, none of it's Zion's fault. They have a top 10 offense. Zion averages 30. So that's not Zion's fault. It's everyone else's fault. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's how it works. And then, and then the other, oh, he's only, he's only in his second year. Who cares? He's averaging 30. He's obviously knows how to score. He knows how to, he's got to do the other things. They're, he's a franchise player, man. Especially if, if your other franchise player who was most improved player last year is taking a step back in the, in the, in the, in the pecking order of the team, he's got to be better. I'm not saying he's got to be a better scorer around the rim. He might be the best scorer around the rim we've ever seen already. He's got to do everything else, though. We can't just look at the box score or look at the fact that he makes exciting plays and be like, oh, man, Zion's off the hook. It's, it's everybody else. Is he less to blame for them being bad? Probably because he averages 30. But he can't be blameless in this. He's the franchise player. He's the best player on the team. There's got to be some accountability when your defense is getting shitted on every single night, every oh, night. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, he's not blameless. Definitely not blameless. Stan, I would say is like you said, Stan is probably, and maybe even David Griffin, because I do think like when you're in the front office, if you're watching a train wreck, you can go down and be like, dude, maybe we play Jackson Hayes or maybe we put Zion at the fire, or like do something. But I don't know. You know, like, or maybe like, hey, like, let's, let's like make up a, a Eric Bledsoe injury, you know, like something. <laughs> yeah. Now, Naw didn't play, but offense is not a while. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Offense isn't their problem. They're scoring the ball. Uh, so I don't know. I, this became a thing of me shitting on Zion again. I've very much okay. leaned into it's being okay. the only anti Zion guy in, in NBA media at this point. Everyone else loves the guy. I think. If they could, if people could, if you could vote for a guy for MVP that's not going to make the playoffs, Zion would get it this year. Depends if Steph makes the playoffs or not. But again, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to make the playoffs, so that's done. Yeah. Anything's possible, but it would be. It's going to be tough because Spurs haven't been great, but it's going to be tough. Uh, the other one of the other two games that's already done so far tonight is uh. The Knicks beat the Hornets 109-97. I I, like this game was nuts in the first half. At the end of the first, yeah. Well, at the end of the first half, the the Hornets were 13 of 19 from three, and the Knicks were 11 of 23 from three, or 11 of 22 from three. Knicks ended up making 18 threes. The Hornets ended up making 16. Um. Which is crazy with how low, relatively low scoring the game ended, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, well, the, the Knicks locked the Hornets down in the second half. And the they Knicks only are had not, 31 points. I Charlotte, he only scored 31 points in the second half. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's that's what the Knicks are. I mean, the Knicks generally, you know, the Knicks scored like 60 something points in the first half or like 60, I think. Mm-hmm. They, they scored 60. Yeah. That's, that might be their season high. They don't score like that. So it was just a crazy first half. Uh, but of course, like. At the end of the day, like Julius Randle, who only had 16, and RJ Barrett are playing at such a high level right now that if you know they're going to be in the playoffs, but playing them is tough because they have two guys who can take over like this, and their defense is so good. You know, like I know Heat fans aren't going to want to hear this; they're not, but. What Julius Randle and RJ Barrett have been doing over this last stretch is exactly what I complain that Heat players don't do. That they play incredible defense, but their best players just don't consistently just take over at, at all the time, right? Just like take over. When your offense isn't working, go, just go fucking get it done. And Jimmy Butler has been doing it more in the second half, but no one else does. And they have Bam. Why can't Bam do what Jimmy? I, Bam can't shoot the ball like Julius Randle, but he can do all the other shit. Mm-hmm. He can more consistently be that guy. It's not about the heat. But anyways, 
But it's, you know, because they might play each other in the first round. Yeah, they're they're fighting each other for that seating. And what I see with the Knicks is like their offense isn't very good. They have some decent shooters. But ultimately it becomes Julius Randle just dribbling the ball, the air out of the ball and creating for others and creating for himself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's working. Probably, it's probably their best way to go right now um, because their defense is so good and because they're so limited and young offensively like this i mean depending on rj barrett's development and quickly and topping like it could be a different story as early as next year but right now this is the way to go just fucking give julius Randle the ball he'll get close to a triple double every night and try to hold the other team under 100 and that's, yeah. that's your and, game then, plan. and then if you get a night like tonight where quickly went off in the first half it's a bonus because mm-hmm. he's up and down and derrick rose at 17 i i don't think they'll win a playoff series but they're playing really good basketball, right? The way they play defense, they're they're going to compete. Mm-hmm. But they're going to make a first round series just exhausting for a good team. It's be terrible sure. to watch. Like yeah. national audiences are going to hate it because mm-hmm. it also yeah a team with title not, hopes not fun basketball. Yeah. <laughs> not fun basketball. A team with title hopes does not want to have to just slug their way through a first round Although, series with this team. You know, I say not fun basketball. And like I'm not a Knicks fan, obviously, but I like watching Julius Randle play. I like watching RJ Barrett play. I love seeing Derrick Rose successful. So it might be like grinded out basketball, but I like seeing those guys play well. Like they're fun to watch. Yeah. They have fun players. Quickly, it's super fun too when he's playing well. And I yeah. and I agree. Eventually, Toppin, I still believe that Toppin's gonna be a really good player. You know, Knicks fans hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but of course it's New York. I mean. If you're not an all-star in your first year, you're done. Uh, and then for the Hornets, so they are now two games. They're so they're the Hornets are lucky, dude. The Hornets are lucky that the Pacers are a mess and that the Bulls and that Zach Levine's hurt. Like the Hornets may end up keeping the eight seed by default because the two teams below them are just as injured as they are. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I definitely wouldn't consider them lucky because they've been so banged up. I mean, they're lucky that other teams have gotten hurt. Although I guess they're not super lucky because they're going to either have to play. I mean, they're going to, if they stay at eight, they're going to have to either play Atlanta, New York, Boston, or Miami in the, in the first round of the play. Definitely not ideal. I just, man, every time I watch this team, I'm like remind, like they're just so much better than I thought they were going to be this year. Um, They're another team, but they're fun too. They're deep all of a sudden to me. Like the Martin twins are not bad. PJ Washington's a good player. The um, Martin twins are so weird. They are. Yeah. Like they're just, but just they're, whatever. They're, they're, but they're fine. Yeah. And then, I mean, Miles Bridges, solid role player, Devontae Graham, Terry Rogier. Like this team could be excellent next year, depending on if they're healthy and LaMelo ball progresses even more. Miles Bridges is a violent dunker. He might yeah, be the most he violent. Is dunker. He, he, that he but, is But he's also like, I think he's the most violent dunker in the NBA right now. Yeah. But like, I would agree. He with that. is spring loaded, but also he comes out of nowhere at least once a game, what either a dunk or a missed dunk that looks like he's trying to murder somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's every game now, which is cool. And yeah, again, well, and I talked about this the other night, they have the best play by play announcer in the NBA. He's just, I don't know if you, have you listened to one of their their local broadcasts this year? I know I you've seen the highlights. Right. It all depends on who, like whoever NBA's YouTube manager like decides to go with. Like tonight but was he, my have green. you not heard any of his? I'm sure game? I have, but I mean, where he's like hum dilly d. It's like I his go to like thing. I remember that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's your homework for tonight. Is go watch some horror. Maybe the his name is Eric. His name is Eric Collins. Whoever's cutting these highlights must hate the guy because he, he never pops up on no, YouTube. No. He's one of the most beloved parts of uh nba twitter it's just it's remarkable i I said the other night when i had Giancarlo on i was like i was watching the hornets and i think jalen mcdaniels had made a a layup in the second quarter that meant nothing i think they put them up by like four and i was like ready to run around my apartment (laughs) celebrating because of the way he was reacting to this layup it was and it's you only hear it when they post highlights, like people only go crazy for the highlights for bridges, but he, it's all game. It's all game. It's like, it could be, they could be down by like seven with eight minutes left in the third quarter. Not, not really a major moment in the game. If they get a fast break, even just a layup. Oh my God. Lamelo! <laughs> it's just like this guy. That's a he, skill in of itself. I can't, I could never sustain that sort of energy. 
Yeah. And then awesome. you got Del Curry with him and Del like mm-hmm. throws in his little like clever comments here and there. It's very <laughs> good. It's very good. They're entertaining. And that's, I guess, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it sucks. That's one thing that sucks about national TV in the playoffs. If they make yeah, the playoffs, I'd rather have those rather have those guys. Truly. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, local, <clears throat> excuse me, local announced local broadcasters are dog shit. There's some that are good. Breen is obviously good. Eric Collins, I'd say right now is top is a, as good as it gets. Eric Reed for the heat is good. He's actually lo, like a low key been an absolute savage on really? the broadcast this year. Oh my God. He just like very professionally shits on guys. Like That's the other night too. Like, yeah. on, like the other night they were playing Houston and John Wall's player option came up and he goes to John Crotty, who's his partner. He goes, Oh, you think he's going to pick that up? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Which is like, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't catch it, but he does that. He does. He just randomly like mostly with when it's guys who are like kind of washed. He did it earlier in the year with Blake Griffin. It kind of went viral. Like he would just destroy Blake Griffin, but like very professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that stick out to me. Richard Jefferson's good. He does Nets games sometimes, or I think he does them regularly when he's not doing ESPN. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I, I just know he's been excellent on ESPN. I don't think I remember any other ones that come up off the top of my zoom off for the Sixers is great, but it's, uh, I, don't, I don't care for his uh, color commentary. I assume, oh. but okay. That's all I'll say about that. All right. Um, the last game tonight that is that's finished as we're recording is the uh, Hawks beating the Magic one twelve ninety six, and um, uh, another Clint Capella game. And I, I don't even think he played a lot of the fourth quarter, but he had he had a double double at the end of like the first quarter. <laughs> he's just like insane. Mom, he's- turning into like Andre Drummond numbers, but he's actually a good rim protector. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this is, uh, is uh, they, you know, it's a, it's a pretty standard win for the Hawks keeps them in the four spot, but the magic stink. I will say like some of these young guys that the magic are getting are starting to play pretty Cole Anthony's starting to I, play pretty well. That's what really all I was going to say about this. Cole Anthony looked fantastic to me tonight. Yeah. And he's, he's had a little run since he came back from injury where he's, mm-hmm. he's playing pretty well. Wendell Carter has been pretty good for them too, who I thought absolutely stunk in Chicago. So I know some, I think you were still relatively. Yeah. I just thought that we didn't know what he was yet. Yeah. I I thought I did. Boom. We'll see. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he is a bum. I mean, it is the magic. This team is going to be one of those teams that like, if they don't make any major moves next year, I'm going to like watching them because they have a bunch of guys that I, that are fun, Mm -hmm. but they absolutely stink. And if Steve Clifford gets fired, they're they're not even going to be competitive. Right. I think some of these games that they're even competitive in is because he's a great coach. Um, but they do have like everyone in their starting lineup are players that I l- really like. Well, not Wendell Carter, but the other four are guys I really like watching. Yeah. Dwayne Dwayne Bacon, Florida State, Chumo Kiki, been talking about him all year. Gary Harris. It's good to just see him play basketball because he's always hurt. Cole Anthony looks good. Roll up, roll Mo Bamba off the bench. I think Mo Bamba. I just I can't believe he's not as prominent as I like. I thought he was going to be an immediate stud. I guess he's just too light. But I thought it was weird that they drafted him in the first place. I guess we should have seen the writing on the wall that Vooch was going to get traded eventually. Yeah. Why do you draft that guy in the top ten if right. you have Vooch? Um, I, the other thing. The thing that is interesting to me is like, dude, tell me what you think. Cause I, I can be honest. I watch Cole Anthony and I think by next year, he's better than Markel Fultz. Right. Don't you? Yeah. No, I think we've talked about this one. Here. And they just I, paid Markel Fultz. I think Fultz could be a two. I do like, or, but not an ideal two. It is. He can't it is. shoot it though. He can't shoot. No, I mean, he's, he's a, not a great shooter. I mean, it's gotten better. Because, right. but also that's relative to the fact that it was one of the worst shots ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but we also know Orlando's not very good at constructing a team, so it would make sense that they pay a point guard a ton of money or relatively a lot of money, and then have a guy that might be better than him 
up and coming. So that would be on par for the magic and where they've been for the last 10 years. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Hawks though. They've gotten healthy. They're tough, man. They are really loaded. They're going to get the four. I feel like they, they're going to, I don't I, I'm not going to say they're like locked in cause they could go on a losing streak easily. Um, and the Knicks obviously have won seven in a row, but I feel like they're kind of locked in at that four or five seat, the way they're yeah. playing. I don't know what their schedule is. Let me see what their schedule is going forward. Um, let's see. Oh, they have a tough schedule. Well, they have Philly twice. They got Miami, Milwaukee, New York. God, their next that is tough. Jesus. Their next five of their next six is New York, Miami, Milwaukee, twice at Philly. Yeah, that's not easy. They got they got Phoenix still, but their last their last five is Indy, Washington, Orlando, and Houston. Wow. So that's easy. That's great. Yeah, they could lose five straight and then win five straight, to be honest. Yeah. Um yeah. The jury's out. I just think their potential is huge. Like I, I think this team can be so, so good. Yeah. If they absolutely. continue to play like this, like this is the perfect amount of shots for Trey Young, in my opinion. And you keep spreading the ball, passing like they are, and let the loaded roster do what it does instead of just jamming everything to Trey Young. Jam. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And they might be missing who you proclaimed is their future best player. Yeah, if he's like, if how it, good if he, can they be by next year? If man? he still has a knee by the time he comes back. Okongwu, who I think was the sixth pick. And overall. Cam Reddish yeah. has been out too. Yeah, like the depth of talent on this team is staggering. But that's also part of the, 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 I, that's why I was surprised that they haven't like pulled the trigger on a big deal yet. Yeah. You would, Maybe that's you, coming. You would think, like, I would have thought they would have gone, like thrown whatever uh, Washington wanted for Brad Beal or yeah. something like that. You know, Including when all, Trey Young, right? Yeah. Like, or James Harden. Like, mm-hmm. you no, know, you tell me James Harden doesn't want to be a. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Magic City with Lou Will? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, and obviously he wanted to be in Brooklyn, so it probably wouldn't work. But I was just like, they have the talent. They're one of the few teams that has the talent to make an offer for a star without having to give up seven draft picks. Right. Because they have a bunch of really, they've done a really good job of evaluating the draft. Yeah. And if you put a superstar on a team with John Collins, Clint Capella, let's say they hang on. I feel as though John Collins would be included in a trade. I guess so. Which is not the end of the world. I don't think he's a very good player. But also DeAndre Hunter could eventually be a stretch four type. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Ideally, he's a three. But um, I bet you that move comes this offseason, depending on how they do. They got to do something, right? Because depth is only so important. Because once you get to the playoffs, you don't go 10 deep. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, they're going to be a four or five seed, it looks like. And they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. But this next stretch is actually very important for that. So we'll see. Uh, all right. The other two games that are happening right now, Minnesota, Sacramento is about to be at halftime. Same with Clippers, uh, Blazers. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard's out for a week. You know, Ka- you've mentioned this a bunch of times. Everyone now is talking about how the Clipper, how the Nets have not played a lot together this year and this and that. You've said this. You've been saying this all season. The Clippers don't play together. Never. They never play together. It's crazy. How many? Yeah, I would love to know how many games. I mean, Paul George, Kawhi, and geez, it's hard to even pin down who their third best player is. <laughs> like we thought it was going to be um, Ibaka, but he's been a wash pretty much this year. So yeah, 
Um, so we probably won't, I mean, we're not going to get into those two games in depth because we, we won't be here by the end of those games. Um, so there's two things to, to get into before we finish. And Alex doesn't know anything about either of these, which is actually, I think has become a rather entertaining part of our show, which yeah, is that works. I follow the news and Alex doesn't. <laughs> and then I, and then here I get to see his, <laughs> and I react to get his reaction. Yeah. Um, so do you want, I want Anthony Edwards first. I really you want do. Anthony. I Edwards already know what it, Yeah. Okay. That one's actually a shorter thing. Cause the Lakers thing is just like, it's a lot. So Anthony Edwards, who has 16 in the first half, by the way, today against Sacramento, who, and the T-Wolves have 71 points with a minute and a half left. D'Angelo Russell has 23 in the first half. Um, so Anthony Edwards, who we is very well established. We are, we love on this show. Want to be friends with him. Maybe eventually we could get him on the show. I think we can get him on the show. We tried hard enough. I think, yeah. I don't think it would be that hard. He seems to do a lot of stuff. CJ McCollum just blatantly stepped out of bounds and they didn't call it. Good job, Riff. Um, did an interview with GQ. Uh, a written interview. So I'm going to have to read. I'm going to read the line, the first line of question. It's a long interview. It's good. Go list. Go read it. It's, it's a good read. But the beginning of it is very funny. Um, the very first question. The very first question is, so... You really don't know who A-Rod is, huh? And he says, well, I do now. He said, what made you change? Is it everybody was texting me, telling me about it. That's it for real. What did you learn in the last few days about the dude who might own your team? They told me he's a hall of famer. Somebody told me he's like Michael Jordan of baseball. <laughs> and the guy said, I feel like that's a stretch. And he said, oh, he said, you didn't watch any games or highlights to verify that with your own eyes. He said, nah, I ain't no watch none. Nah, I know he date J-Lo, though. <laughs> and the guy goes, he does not. And Anthony Edwards says, what? And he said, he used to date J-Lo, but they broke up. And he's like, damn. And I said, you look, dis- you look like you're disappointed. He said, yeah, I am. Like, Any reason? He's going to be my owner. I want him to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> he said, you think he's going to be happier with J-Lo? And he's like, Yeah. There's exclamation points. That's why I did the excited. <laughs> he said, well, when you put it that way, it doesn't seem wrong. He's like, yeah, for sure. And I said, which other famous baseball players do you actually know? He said, I know like Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds. You know what I'm saying? Jackie Robinson. I know them. I said, oh, so you know the black baseball players, which I thought was a weird like way of phrasing it. Yeah. Um, that, but is the, the writer's black, Anthony Edwards is black. I, I don't know. Just when I read that, I was like, it's like immediately just pointing that out. Yeah. He could have I mean, named any are... three, could have just named any three players that he's heard of. Like his right. next one. Cause then the next one, he's like, he's like, yeah, I know the black baseball players for show, but I, but I know Chipper Jones. <laughs> 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 he said, I know of him. And he goes, I know. <laughs> now he goes, I know. Uh, what's his name? Freeman, Freddie Freeman. Is This is crazy. He goes, so, you know, everyone who's played in Atlanta, he goes, no, he goes, I know. Uh, What's the dude that played for Atlanta? Number 22, the left-hand hitter. He was like center fielder or something, Richardson. <laughs> and the guy goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and he goes, and then he just totally pivots. He goes, I know Ortiz. And he said, which Ortiz? He's like, the hitter, the dude who be hitting home runs on what team? It's he plays for, Poppy, yeah, he goes, well, He plays for the Red Sox. The guy goes, David Ortiz. He goes, yeah, big Poppy Ortiz. That's his name, ain't it? Yes, that's his name. I'm glad we figured this out. He goes, yeah, I know him. Who else I know? Oh, Derek Jeter. Yeah, that's my favorite player. <laughs> wow. So he that's goes, what – yeah, that that really is the – like how could he know Derek Jeter and not A-Rod? And he goes, oh, there you go. Awesome. And then the guy goes, Derek Jeter, he might actually have been the Michael Jordan of baseball, which I don't know if I agree with that. Not even close. And then he goes, yeah, Derek Jeter, fire. And then that's the end of the baseball questioning. But that was incredible. I don't know if A-Rod's going to like that, honestly, because they had their own little rivalry. That's it. That's the Anthony Edwards thing. I mean, there's I a whole – there's so it. much more. It, it's like the way it reads is like a 19-year-old kid who knows he's kind of walking on, on eggshells, like talking about his next owner, but, you know, like being 
too genuine to like say, yeah you know what i mean like he doesn't want to say the wrong thing but he's also just going to be himself the j-lo thing is the best part yeah he's my owner i want to react <laughs> that's incredible exactly um all right so i wanted to put that out there because any positive anthony edwards stuff always helps and then there's this lakers thing so i i don't even know how to where to start here so like it's it's so there's so much um i'm trying i'm gonna try to condense it as much as possible because it's it's like the most uh, it's got it's like one of the most absurd things ever very intrigued by this because it seems to be mysterious so there is a i put it uh, let's start here i've explained on here a couple times how nba team twitters are very strange places and I've learned that doing pod the podcasts and they, they like, I guess in a good and bad way form like these very tight knit Twitter communities of people who don't actually know each other, but are feel like they're very close to each other because of their fandom to their teams. Mm-hmm. And everybody's very like, they're, they're like all very protective of each other. So like if, if a, if a, if like a Lakers person or a heat person tweets about them and somebody says something negative, then everyone goes at that person. Like every they're they're all, but no, no one knows each other or some of them might, but they very like seldom. I think like, there's so many of them, but it's, it's Lakers Twitter or it's Nick's Twitter. It's heat Twitter. Okay. So there's this account at butterfly four underscore four twenty four that is, was run by a woman named Vivian Flores, 16,000 Twitter followers, very prominent Lakers Twitter person, okay? Um, there's another person named Josh Toussaint, and I'm, I'm assuming that's how his name is pronounced, it's T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T, Toussaint Toussaint, something like okay, that. Okay, sounds right. He's another Lakers fan who co-hosts a Lakers podcast or he he hosts a Lakers podcast, something. They co-host a podcast, some shit. He's on a podcast, whatever. Not as many followers, but still has a decent following on Lakers Twitter. Last night or the night before, sends out a tweet. Hey, Lakers family, Vivian Flores at Butterfly underscore 424 is missing. Five foot five may or may not be wearing a wig because she's going through leukemia treatment from Santa Monica. DM me if you have a lead or may see her love you all and stay safe. Okay. Whoa. So of course, Lakers, Twitter, everyone's sharing in this and that ice cube, son, O'Shea Jackson retweets it. No way. Are you serious? Everyone please retweet this. Anyone in the area, super dope soul. So now it's like all over. I think Julius Randall retweeted something about it. So the tweet starts spreading and people start to question why is this guy Josh Toussaint or Toussaint the only person that tweeted that she's missing? Yeah. Why hasn't her family tweeted anything? Why haven't the police tweeted that there's a missing person? So Twitter does what Twitter does and people start digging, right? And they track down this person at Chumzilla that apparently this person, Vivian Flores, interacted with on a regular basis in 2009 and hit up Chumzilla and said, do you recognize her, know her by chance? Because they wanted to know, like, who the person. Chumzilla responds, it's a big catfish account. I went along with it 11 years ago to see how far it would go to expose them. They originally impersonated model Roberta Little under the name Joanne Peters. I contacted her agency a few times, but heard nothing back. Okay. This, then it gets, so now it gets even weirder. So hold on, let me put, the Butterfly424 account is allegedly... So now this person is saying that this is a catfish. Okay. 
Then in a Twitter spaces session of Twitter spaces is like an audio discussion on Twitter. People are talking to each other. They don't see each other, but when you go in, it says your name, this guy named Kingsley who says that he was in a relationship with her, but had never met her and suspected he was catfished because she refused to FaceTime with him. Kevin Durant ended up in this chat to find out more about it and was confused and like, was like, so this guy Kingsley got catfished by a dude or something like that. Like this is how big it got. It's insane. So then people started going back through her pictures and the half, maybe more are blatantly Photoshop pictures of her, of like this person's face on like different Laker fans at games, bodies, um, and like, like legitimately just awful. Like you could look up, there's articles about it. Now you could look it up mm. They're They're just terrible. And like, there's one where like someone took a picture that she, of her playing basketball and like put it into Google images and a picture came up of like some Asian girl playing basketball right. that they, she they photoshopped her, her face okay. on like the exact same picture. Um, so um, so then all this is happening. People are like sleuthing and finding out this might be a catfish. Josh Toussaint, who originally posted this, tweets, Vivian has been found alive and safe. Thank you, everyone. Uh, and then hours later says, he just tweets, Still haven't gotten a goddamn explanation. Thought I trusted someone and learned my lesson. Tried to help a friend I thought was in peril. I was duped like y'all and feel bad. I was such a pawn, such garbage, logging off for a while. Stay safe out there. You never know. And that's that's it? That's all? That's the last we've heard from him? Nope. No, no, it keeps going. So people are like, well, this is strange, right? <laughs> yeah. this, this person was missing. Her family never said anything about it. The police never said anything about it. Josh Toussaint is the only one who ever said anything about it. And also Josh Toussaint is the only one who knows that she was found. Okay. Um, people now are start to begin accusing him of being Vivian, of being Butterfly 424. He'd worked with her, but had never seen her or FaceTime her. But apparently they had talked on the phone and he had been, she'd been on his podcast. So this guy, Patrick Claybon, recorded a, par- a portion of the podcast that she was on and played it. And it very much just sounds like someone's voice modulated to sound like a woman. Wow. And then they slowed it down to like get the modulation out of the voice. And it sounds like a man doing like an accent. Oh, my God. Um. So then Toussaint, now he has to explain himself, right? And because everyone's now accusing, saying, oh, so you're Vivian. So clearly you're Vivian. You're, you're the guy. I mean, you're her. He says her excuse for not doing video calls was because of her self-esteem in, question, in quotes. We've talked on the phone several times. I do my pods on the Anchor app and in the record with friends function. So I would send her links. This is one she kept saying was delayed because of a crying nephew. So he's basically trying to like defend himself by showing links that he sent for her to be uh, in it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's still possible, right? Like, okay. I guess. But then he posted a video of chat of like, of like DMS between him and who is claiming to be Vivian's sister, but who was communicating with him through Vivian's Twitter account. Okay. Okay. And it was just basically like, um, it just also, it's nuts. They also found this is, I, I, this is a shit you not. Supposedly, they found he posted at one point on his Instagram a screenshot of him supposedly DMing with the Lakers official Twitter account, asking them for help and them saying that. I forgot the guy's name. Security was going to be reaching out to him to help. Whoa. 
But then people went online and found out that security person doesn't work for the Lakers anymore. So they're like, oh, well, he photoshopped this conversation with the Lakers. Okay. Okay. So there's your smoking. Like that's, this guy's lying as much as you could possibly lie then. So he said, anyways, I'd rather come off as a fool than negligent in what could be a life or death situation. I wanted to make sure somebody I really cared about was safe. Nobody died or seriously hurt. I got duped and I apologize for being the dumb messenger. Um, I didn't address this earlier in the day because I wanted to confirm with Vivian what happened and I didn't receive that. I was also protecting my mental health because rumors spread like wildfire, no matter how accurate they are. Thanks to everyone who reached out with compassion. Okay. Did he acknowledge the fact that the this Lakers person that he's showing a conversation of doesn't work for the no. team anymore? No. Um, so then Vivian Flores responded on Twitter. Said, y'all be on your hearing the side of the story of one guy and then automatically assume he's right about everything. Talking about the boyfriend who said he got catfished to Kevin Durant. Chum balls or whatever? Was it Chumzilla. No, oh, no, 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 no. Kingsley. Kingsley. Oh, okay, sorry. I have people on here that can verify who I am. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. As for me going missing, yes, it happened. I passed out from my treatment. Remember, he said she had leukemia. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about people assuming Josh Saint runs this account. Are y'all that stupid to think a guy going to talk like a girl on a podcast? Come on now. Um, however, shortly after sending out a video of a woman purporting to be Vivian while holding a sign which misspelled the name Vivian, the Twitter account went dormant and the, the Twitter account now doesn't exist. Wow. So it's a, it's okay. That, it's too saint. It's too saint. But then, so or this person, Vivian account tweeted out this video of a person holding a sign that says Vivian, but Vivian is spelled V I V E N. Her name is V I V A N. So her, if it's a person, then Josh Toussaint, Responded to that saying, why is Vivian spelled with an E? You haven't messaged me back. I'm being dragged down with you. I tried giving you the benefit of the doubt. Well, that would actually be a brilliant maneuver by him. And that's, and that is where we stand. He's like, okay, this thing's going down. How can I convince people that it's not me? I will point, I'll be the first one to point out that this account is spelling the name Vivian wrong would be genuinely be genius to try to throw people off of his case. I guess if someone is so like desperately in, in like wanting to run a, an account like that so badly that they've done a 10 year scam or whatever, huh. then I guess, yeah, they would be clever enough to think of this way out too. Yeah. But yeah, that is one of the most insane things ever though. And also not surprising at all because Twitter is Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. So Ice Cube's son, who called her a dope soul, had mm -hmm. been like, not catfished directly, but thought this was like just- Everyone a, did. Everyone just thought Every, it was a legit- This person had 16,000 Twitter followers on, on- Supposedly, she's been on like other podcasts or, so, or some shit. That shout is wild, man. What a world we live in. Like what, like- is he just I, here's off the thing this I was person just get well, off? I was that, also going to say this. I will say this. It's it is the insanity of Twitter. It's also like the worst parts of Twitter because ninety nine percent of and I don't know this guy, so I'm not going to reach out to him, right? But ninety nine percent of Lakers Twitter in every place is like everyone's so close, everybody cares about each other. Ninety nine percent of them are just shitting on this guy. Like this guy's probably never going to be on Twitter again. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine any of them reached out and were like, Hey man, do you need help? Like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? You know, like, don't you think like the guy like, maybe needs help? Yeah. Like maybe there's something going on in his life that he's like pretending to be a woman on a Twitter account and lying to people for 10 years. I, like, I don't know. Like, is anybody going to help this guy or are we just going to bully him off Twitter? Is that that? Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone on Twitter or on the internet really in general thinks it's like their responsibility to help this guy. <laughs> I, I understand that. Yeah, like, I know that, but like, maybe someone did. I, don't I know, know it's like I know like the initial reaction is going to be like, "Dude, this guy lied forever," or maybe he's lying, or we don't know if he's lying, and that's going to be the like, get him out of here. We don't need him. But is I, I I hope one person reaches out and is like just to ask him if he's okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like you do it, you you ask him. If he's okay. <laughs> Josh, are you okay, man? Is everything all right? Can, can you want to talk, man? Can we help in any way?
man, people like that scare me, man. Like people that lo- like, right. He needs help. Yeah. But I think that to me, if he needs to see somebody and talk about, I this don't know if that's, thing that's going on in his I brain. don't think that sort of lying is reversible. I think that that's, that's sociopathic behavior. Absolutely. To be yeah. So you don't think that like a sociopath can talk to somebody and potentially get help. No, I think it's pretty deeply rooted. I, I'm talking out of my ass right now, but I don't think you can like cure a sociopath. So then what? So know, this guy just like, this guy just lives his life. There, Nobody yeah. tries to <laughs> Fuck man, that's scary. Out the breeze, yeah. Those people scare me. Again, I'm not, maybe. Oh, then you know what? At least he's a, a Twitter sociopath and not like murdering yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. It could be know? a million times worse. Like let him lie about this. Yeah, maybe this as is. As long out. as he's not like, like catfishing people to like get like, get their money well that's the thing yeah you gotta if somebody's doing this what else is he also up to someone what someone tweeted earlier like like we should be giving more props to this guy kingsley right for admitting that he got catfished like openly going in twitter spaces and being like yeah i had a relationship with a fake woman and i got Mm -hmm. catfished like most people would not have the pride to just jump on with a bunch of strangers and say that to kevin durant it's like hey mr durant let me tell you about the time where a fake Twitter account. <laughs> I was in a relationship with someone I had never seen. <laughs> they called it a relationship. It's yeah. I'm good for him. It's not that shameful because it's like, it's weird, but it's I don't weird. think it's that rare anymore to have a relationship with someone you've never actually seen for a certain amount of time. If it goes, you know, yeah, I guess dating apps are like that. Right. To an extent you see the picture. I mean, you see, but I guess she has right, pictures right. all over. That's the thing. Her. Yeah, the 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 actual female face that was reused. Did they ever figure out who that actually is? No idea. No idea. I, I mean, I'm sure there's more. Like, this article is like six hours old. I'm uh-huh. Sure, by now there's even more. Yeah, I might stay up all night researching this then because it's um, really fascinating. It's you're right. It is kind of scary, but it's social media, dude. Like, it's I know. Bound, it was bound to happen. Yeah. It was bound to happen to, to NBA Twitter. Mm-hmm. NBA Twitter is not immune from the fuck-ups of, <laughs> no, of, of, of social honestly, media. There's probably a lot of overlap there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, what a... So I told you, I said at the beginning of the show that this episode was going to run the gamut they of emotion. covered just about everything. <laughs> and meanwhile, the Timberwolves and the Kings are on pace to score about 300 points. So we got that going for us too. <laughs> Holy we'll, shit, it's we'll 77 <laughs> 74 with 10 30 left in the third. That's gonna be it, could be an electric finish. It could be because neither hopefully, team plays defense, right? Hopefully, Anthony Edwards just keeps cranking up shots. Crank that, Anthony oh, Edwards. six for seven from three. Yeah, all right. Well, we will uh, we'll be back tomorrow, and uh, you know, uh, all right, appreciate everybody listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Later, later.